and Beat a Dead Source, your home for mini-episodes. My name's Nathan, your miniest host. My name's Andy, your... What does that mean, miniest host? You're tiny. You I'm, a little, I'm a little tiny host, everybody. <laughs> you look pretty big on my screen. Mm. And in my heart. Aww. My name is Andy, your most distracted host. I'm Pat, your least caffeinated host. <laughs> I like, for Andy, every single episode, it's like the I'm your most whatever host comes out of nowhere, and he's like, oh, wait, I need to come up with something. <laughs> like, every single time. Can I tell you that here, the, the, that's actually kind of close to what happens? I think about it beforehand, because every time when it comes up, I immediately am like, nope, the one I had wasn't good enough. I have to come up with something new. I, I can tell you, when I start talking, I have no idea what the end of my sentence looks like. <laughs> I wish I... Actually, I kind of have that problem, too, but but it doesn't usually work out as well for me. Wow, this is a great, like, mini start to our mini episode. We're doing something a little bit different. We're going to do, like, a little half-hour episode uh, for you guys. I think a lot of people are looking for new content from their favorite stuff right now. We're all stuck inside our houses, and it's just good. In. And there's something that's been going on that I was telling you guys about that I want to talk about, and um, it has to do with uh, Joseph. No. Oh. It has to do with uh, Joseph. Oh. No. Uh. Well, yes. No, very. Yes. Yes. For sure, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. It has right. to do with Joseph it, Robinette Biden. Sanders' response to the coronavirus? I did also want to talk about Sanders' response to the coronavirus has been great because I keep getting these donation texts like always, and not one of them since it started has been about donating to the Sanders campaign. They've all been about, here's six charities that you can donate to. Please go ahead and give 27 bucks or whatever you've got. And his response, in addition to just being out there, Joe Biden has been like a ghost. We have not seen him basically at all. Here's what I wanted to talk about because I'm super like uncomfortable with it and it makes me very nervous. Joe Biden has been accused of sexual assault. Terry. Uh, thank you. So not the actress, different Terry. <laughs> yes. Um and actually I am seeing articles coming up that are saying like why is the media ignoring this? Which like, you know, fair point. Why is the media ignoring this? So this is what we were talking about before the episode. So Tara Reid goes on to a podcast. She goes on Katie Hopper's podcast and gives her explanation of what happens. Uh, she says that she's been getting her trying to get her story out for decades, but no one wants to listen to her. It's just again, we were talking about this a little bit before. We are living in the time of Me Too. So we believe women and stories that may have been buried in the past are going to get more traction than they have in the past. Well, I think, I think it's an important distinction to make that like, yes, there is me too going on. I don't think that we are fully there yet. And I think that resistance to this story in particular, we're seeing how far that we still could potentially go that we are not, you know, we are not as far along believing women or whatever along as we could be. And part of it is when you have something legally, a, a, an accusation that's made 
and there are no other witnesses. The only two people that were involved were the two witnesses. You're in a sticky legal situation because who are you going to take their word for uh, what they have claimed? And a lot of that gets into then, you know, you look into that person's character and their record. And um, that doesn't necessarily have any real bearing on the truth, but that's the that's the best that they have to go by. Well, and I think for me that it's it is very disturbing because you haven't seen this story. So it's credible. It was given from a first person perspective. This happened to Tara Reid. Uh, the, I should say this allegedly happened from Tara Reid to Joe Biden, but I tend to believe victims. I say allegedly, but I believe it. I think it's worth looking into for sure. Uh, I think is if and when, uh, Joe Biden is accused by a second woman, we're done here. Um, well, funny you should mention that because she's not the first to have accused uh, Joe Biden of inappropriate contact. And that is, that's the confusing, I believe, from what I understand, she's the first woman to accuse him of sexual, not the first person to accuse him of inappropriate touching, because we've all seen the videos of Creepy Joe, like, smelling people's hair and, like, touching their shoulders and yeah, doing just, none of it. Go ahead. You know, that, I think, the part that kind of bugs me, I mean, look, it's a mess. It's not a mess. And is it a mess or is it not a mess? I don't, I don't, well, all right. Let me, let me try and organize this thought a little bit because it elevates my irritation. Yes. Is that since he was even, since people were thinking maybe he should run, other people have been saying, have you seen the way he touches women and the way women react to him? I mean, it's been on, on, on display, this has been right from the get-go, before he actually even declared his candidacy. And now we're thinking about maybe overlooking this. It, I feel what, like What's particularly annoying about that? I, he's How has he made it even this far that he's... Why is this not, like, the end for him? I feel like he's already done all of the prep work to be labeled a sexual predator. So when... We finally get that breaking story of someone saying, yeah, this, that happened. He raped me. That should already be the end. I, it's kind of disturbing that it, he's still the, the presumptive nominee for the Democratic Party, at least so far. And then the fact that this isn't taking him down, that this isn't, hasn't taken him immediately out of the race completely is. It's I, wild. It's, it's absolutely insane. wild. And you know what? This is why this is exactly the sort of thing that when I rail on the Democratic Party and people go, well, but Trump, I'm like, no, because you still have this going on. He's not any better. Right. I feel a couple of different ways about this. First of all, I'm whenever I talk about this stuff, I am like wildly aware of my maleness and my whiteness. Uh, in this situation. And so word, word. I have had this conversation. I've had this conversation on Facebook and I feel that I, I believe people who have been abused. I believe victims. I think that that is incredibly important. Um, I also feel 
that there are, and I, I don't want to say this the wrong way because I think there are a number of unacceptable things. And this is completely unacceptable. And what he did before was completely unacceptable. But the analogy that I've used in the past is if somebody slaps you and somebody shoots you with a gun, those are two different actions that have two different outcomes and require different levels of recovery afterwards. And I don't want to tell anybody what their level of recovery is or how they should react to any of these things. But what I will say is this thing that he's just been accused of is a different level of recovery than what he's been accused of in the past. The things that he's been accused of in the past are completely unacceptable. This thing is a sight damn further. Mm. And I think we are living in the age of Me Too. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is, so I think if you're accused by one woman, there is some room to investigate and talk about it and figure out what happened. I still tend to err on the side of believing the woman who made the accusation in the first place, but I think there's room. I think as soon as a second woman comes forward and says, I was also sexually assaulted by this man, we are at the end of the conversation. And the problem is that Joe has all these people that we know he touched inappropriately before, and now we have this thing that's on a different level, still in the same ballpark, that he's also presumably done. So, so for me, I think Joe's done. Th- this is a very thorny situation um, for a number of reasons. First of all, I, I do believe in innocent until proven guilty. Enough time has passed that if we wanted to confirm something forensically, like we're, we want to gather evidence, we want to have a rock solid case with DNA and like hair samples and, you know, real like hard science involved. It's been decades and any evidence that we'd be looking for like that is very likely gone now. Um, so you are in this he said, she said situation. And I think one of the real problems is that if somebody did want to make a political hit on Joe, that this is a way that they could do it. Now, I'm not saying that that is what's going on. I'm saying that I don't know what's well, going on. Well, I will on. say, I think it's amazing that Trump hasn't jumped all over this. Well, uh, I mean, there could be a political well, strategy to that, and he's also pretty busy with coronavirus stuff. Well, and also, he has 25 women of his own that he sexually assaulted in the past that I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to bring back into the public spotlight. Yeah, but I feel like... You know, he might be sitting on the toilet on Twitter one day and just rip oh, one off. Oh, for sure. Oh, so, for sure. Amazing rip, that rip has one, rip one off while he's ripping one off. I, mean, I wonder. I wonder if we're even enlightened enough as a society that this is something that we care about. You know, Trump had all of these like nasty statements come out and like grab him by the and stuff, and that didn't really seem to phase us. Like Kavanaugh oh, got. Oh. Uh, confirmed for the supreme court amidst all these accusations and without even really a flinch it didn't phase republicans right 
it didn't phase the people who were going to support him anyway. And I think this is one of the big differences. So if we can, if we can move point, away. Though, to Pat's we, point, that does indicate that it doesn't really matter that much. Doesn't matter to his base it because really, he could do it, anything. He'd shoot somebody in the middle. He could shoot somebody in the middle of the street and they wouldn't care, according to him. But if I can shift this a little bit away from uh, Joe Biden, Biden being a son of a bitch to whether he's electable or not, I think Trump's base doesn't care. The people on the far right don't care. I can well assure you that the people on the far left are going to care a lot about this. They're going to care a lot. And the people who are seeing Bernie go down the drain, who watched Elizabeth Warren go down the drain, the people who are like on the far left are not going to vote for this guy. They're going to stay home because the argument you can make is, is he worse than Donald Trump? And if you're just putting another, like, I don't know that you can expect people to vote for a rapist. I don't think that you can expect progressives to vote for a rapist. Well, this, this is also, this is also an accusation without a legal case behind it. I think the next step, if you want to escalate this story, is that you bring a legal suit. And I, I don't know what the statute of limitations is, but I'm pretty sure that there's no statute of limitations on sex. I don't know, but I do know that following Harvey Weinstein's guilty verdict, that there is now some precedent for believing the victims, even without necessarily what one might consider overwhelming evidence. And I will say there's two different things. We don't need a court case to, for the court of public opinion to bury him in the polls. I don't know. We don't need a court case. I think there are a number of people who have seen this come up time after time after time after time after time over the last couple of years who are sick of it. They're done and they're not going to move forward with someone that they that might have uh, done this. I don't like the court of public opinion at all because the court of public opinion has been wrong enough times or made like assumptions without evidence or Absolutely. you know had had big impacts that were just not based in fact that I really dislike that that's that's the way of things now is that things get tried in the court of public opinion. I could not agree more. But it doesn't stop it from being the way it works, you know. I like could. I could. I'm not. I mean, like, I'm not saying that it's the end all be all by any means. But I think that there is a lot of value in the court of public opinion. I think it should get some credit, right? Um, try things in real courts with real standards. Of, I agree, that's, but that's the thing. There's a standard of evidence, like you know, beyond a reasonable doubt or a preponderance of evidence. There's None Have you ever learned to kill a mockingbird? Of course. I mean, there's perfect example of the court case of the courts not working, right? Perfect literary example. Sure, but is that... I understand, but whatever. Is that inferior... <laughs> Do you have a non-fictional example? <laughs> uh, O.J. Simpson? Oh, good, good. <laughs> Man, edgy. are we going there? The podcast is edgy, yo. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we're we're definitely not going there. I think it's the opposite of edgy. I, I think it's not edgy at all to uh, to say that we think, you know, well, that that the courts may have made a mistake in 
in that case. So, right. this seems, well, so but my point, very... my point really here is just that the, the courts do often make mistakes. There have been plenty of cases of people who have even been put to death, you know, executed, and then found out that there was the wrong person. So all I'm saying is you can't put all your stock in that. You can't put all your stock in the public opinion. You've got to diversify. Is is there something better though? Like I mean, sure the the courts can make mistakes, but is there something that's more reliable than the courts? I don't really think so. I think about it more as like a checks and balances sort of thing. But I, I think of it like checks and balances. Think about how the government was intended to be set up anyway. It certainly isn't that way now. But you know, you've got say your 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 legal court and your court of so called public opinion. What I, what I'm saying is, I think. It's not that you, there shouldn't ever be any one thing that, that's supposed to be the end all be all. I think you have to have a lot of, you have to always be, you can't place all of your stock in any one institution, be it a, a political institution or a social institution or academic institution to, to get it right all the time. You've got to utilize all of them. Okay. Like we have uh, about 10 minutes we're spending on this mini episode left. And what I would like to talk about is, is it time? So let's say Joe Biden is completely innocent of this. Certainly the timing is incredibly inconvenient. But the thing is, the primaries are not over. Is it time for Joe Biden to drop out and endorse Bernie Sanders as the only remaining candidate other than himself? Whether he's innocent or not, he is tainted now. I think this hands the election to Donald Trump on a silver platter. Because as soon as you get into the general, this is going to be spread far and wide everywhere. And you, all you need to do is have your progressive wing of the Democratic Party stay home. And that is a, a second term for Donald Trump. If like his main con- concern, as he has stated over and over again, is to make sure to beat Donald Trump, is it time for him to say, Hey, I have so many different weaknesses. I think it's time for me to step back, give the spotlight to the more credible uh, uh, candidate and put all my weight behind him. I, I think it's a separate question whether he should do that or he will do that. Oh, for I sure. Think he's, I think he's certainly never going to willingly do that. I, so yeah, we can I think you're probably right. what he, So we can speculate on what we think that he should do. It's not going to really matter. He's he's that's not going to happen. Like if this if this news story really picks up and goes a lot further and um you know really makes a difference to the voters, then maybe. But the trajectory we're on now, I just don't see that happening. Can I? I'm going to make a bold and, and depressing prediction. Twenty um, So. I think it's two pronged. So first, if this is not true, and if if he is sh- if Biden is proven to be innocent somehow, whatever. I mean, you're not going to prove him right. to be innocent, right? But like, exactly. And I think that the okay. So um, that in that case, I think the the Democrats win no more than forty five percent of the vote in the general election, and if it's true, or at least Pub, you know, perceived to be true and Biden goes down in flames. I don't think the Democrats get more than 40% in the pop, in the general. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Bold predicts. So, so in your eyes, this scandal with Biden 
has shut the door on a Democratic nom- nominee for 2020. Actually, no. I think that it... Between, nice Elizabeth Warren could come back now? I think... I wish. I wish. Oh, my God, I wish. Um, I think that this is the difference between losing bad and getting their asses whooped. Doesn't that mean the same thing? Losing, no. No. Losing, losing bad, so bad is like... Losing bad is like, yeah, you lost and it wasn't good. Getting your ass whooped is you're not getting up from that fight. Right. Well, I mean, there are certainly problems going ahead and I I think um, the Democratic Party is an absolute shit show. It's almost as ridiculous as the Libertarian Party right now. So to pivot just slightly, um I want to talk about a little bit of uh Joe Biden's uh speech patterns in recent interviews um uh, as a pundit on uh news sources and uh just like general campaigning um, interviews that he's done, he has not been very mentally sharp. He's not been all with it. And uh, I think that that is going to be a problem, certainly in debates between uh, presidential nominees leading up to the 2020 election. Yeah. It's going to be they, like the on both sides. They elbowed out the best candidates. People have been talking about like a cognitive decline. Uh, he, he is of that age that, you know, you, you can start to have cognitive decline. It's just a fact of life. Well, even so, he, he, even if it wasn't a dementia thing, well, I guess it's still tied in with that, but I think what drives me nuts about it is less like his own cognitive abilities so much as it, how much it reminds me of Trump. When he talks, when Biden talks, I hear Trump. Like, we can can talk about that too. I mean, so there's not like the content, but yeah, there there are a lot of health factors that can lead into this, and one of the most important ones would would be diet. And if you have a a good healthy diet, you can see a, a lot more cognitive sharpness. There are links between Alzheimer's and environmental effects including diet so <laughs> when when you see the president of the united states eating like you know taco bell on a on an airplane or you know eating kfc every day you know th- those are the kind of foods that are not going to help with a uh, cognitive thing like that right yeah so i mean uh when when you see that in the president i i would say that that is like indicative of an overall uh, health picture. Yeah, the this is the problem is like, so I've been telling people on Facebook over and over again, like, and I think we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but I think you either vote like against Trump or you are voting, like if you stay home or you vote for him or whatever, you are equally taking responsibility for whatever actions he takes in the second term. But I think that equation changes when you're looking at somebody who has committed sexual assault as being your alternative. Yeah, I mean, that that initial idea of, you know, if you're not against him, then you're with him. I, I roundly reject that idea. I don't, well, I don't accept that at all. Think- if you look at results, then, like, I guess that they are intermingled if you look at, like, what is the going to be the result of this. But I don't I don't think that that 
is productive. I think that that is counterproductive finger pointing. I think that that's just blaming problems well, that like exist or not, on people who are not to, at fault at all. Like it or not, the, the never Bidens are are prominent and loud. Yeah. Well, and and my thing is, we all know well what Trump is up to now, and we know in a second term. He's been given carte blanche to break the law however he wants moving forward. So, no, I'm I'm all for my black or white picture. I'm all for you have seen what the alternative is. And if there is a reasonable alternative, which Biden has been up until recently, you go ahead and tell me how Biden is going to be worse than Trump or you like hold your nose and vote for him. And what I'm saying is. This changes that calculation because this is completely unacceptable. It's not something that we should like deal with with any candidate. But what do you do? So how does that work? What do you do if it's Trump versus Biden? This is what this half hour has been all about, guys. But what are you supposed to do? What are you going to pick? What are you going to pick? We're gonna we're gonna find out, aren't we? <laughs> well, I hope I not. And I think that is a good place to leave it off because that is half an hour, gentlemen. It is. Well, I mean, I, I just really quickly want to say that, like, I I roundly reject that idea of I, I know that you tempered it with saying um, that this changes that equation. But I, I never accept that, you know, you're either with us or against that. And you're you're absolutely entitled to your opinion. But I would be remiss. To As not are you. Say, yeah, I would be remiss to not say, like, I I resent that idea even being put out. Right. And. And you're, you are welcome to that. I think as long as there's an, like a reasonable alternative, it makes sense. And my point with all of this has been, I think this potentially removes the word reasonable from Joe Biden. If we are saying it definitely removes reasonable, if we are saying that we believe women, because that's, that's where we're at. And that is half an hour, gentlemen. I can, I can tell Andy, you want to say something so bad, don't you? No, I just look, all right. I mean, you got, you got like I'm interested to see how, how all this plays out. What? You got like 15 seconds. The, the, right. the music is playing underneath you right now. Yeah. I, 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 listen, to the viewers, I know normally I sign off by saying I hope you learned something today. Today, I'm just going to say I hope you have something to think about. I hope that you don't have any definite, uh, you know, any definite thought of what you are going to do no matter what. That you stay open-minded to new information and are ready to make the best decision you can at the time you cast your vote. Because that's all the be- that's all you can do. Yeah. Nice. I really need to come up with a catchphrase. Okay, love you, bye. What I'd love to start hitting people up for is, like, interact with us. You know, we don't have a single comment anywhere yet. We don't have, like, a single review. Like, I think that's that's what we need to ask for at first. Yeah. Like, when we start getting some interaction with the fans, let us know how we're doing. Like, I don't know anybody yet. <laughs> like, I don't know I could get my mom to subscribe to us right now. Yeah. <laughs>